The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Chris, you said that and laughed. Yeah. And the person sitting beside you almost threw up in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Significant others don't count. And, uh, they, they, they rarely do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we're trying something new today. Topic. We're trying preparation. Although preparation Bare- included all of 20 minutes worth of yeah. preparation. It, it, for an it hour long show. an idea. That, that was about it. That, that I, was our preparation. I made some notes. Well, have you? I made some notes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I only got the text message saying about loudness. Yes. Well, no, I want to change the topic now. Oh. Yeah. I want to talk about headphone headphone impedances. But I don't pay attention to those. <laughs> Uh, really, all I, <clears throat> I, I'm like a squirrel. There's so many things to fix around here, and need to replace a couple of the headphones because they're starting to get a little wonky as people continue to abuse them. Yeah, and so I was looking at looking at buying used ones, and then of course there's the headphones that I like around here. Um. They come in three different impedance levels. And now I just found out a fourth specifically designed for your mobile devices. Huh. Yeah. I know. I still don't think it matters that much. Well, it, I, think it, I think it must because they're, they, they're all the same price. Although the... New iDevice ones, I don't know. Um, But it's the Bayer Dynamics uh, 770s that I like, right? They're a nice combination of cheap and um, loud with great isolation. Right? Yeah. You're good. You're following? I'm I'm, I'm slightly distracted distracted by by the the, the crazy metal that's going going on in the parking lot or somewhere. Is it the parking lot? I gotta, I, I, I gotta stand up and take a listen. Um, I don't know. It's coming from back there somewhere. Why is my bag? <laughs> so, did you just get hacked? Uh, no. I'm pretty sure I know what happened. Do tell. I was I was playing on Spotify before we left, and as we left, you, you know, wandered out of the 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 Wi-Fi area, and then get back here, 
takes forever to reconnect, but then it does. <laughs> and then it starts playing. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. One mystery solved for this morning. Yeah. I thought maybe you had like a crazy neighbor really into <laughs> well, that's blaring off the their. <laughs> that's what I was thinking is is in the neighbor to the uh, to the north of us, the antique shop. Yeah, um, he plays music all the time, and every once in a while, I hear a song. You know, if I'm working in the hall or something, I'll, I'll hear a song that I like, and I'll wander over and ask, "What the hell is that?" It's always something interesting. Um, but uh, he's never done he's never done metal. I thought, well, maybe it's just early in the morning enough. Or his father-in-law sometimes runs the shop. I thought, maybe his father-in-law? Probably not. <laughs> and then, of course, I, I'm thinking, well, my neighbors to the south, they're a financial office, and they all look, you know, stuffy and proper. They're so not. of course, they're, they're into metal. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was thinking it could be. Um, back to the headphones thing. Um, so here's my understanding of why they do the different headphones and tell me if it makes any sense or not. And we'll leave it at that. We won't actually do any research to find out why I've read about this in the past. So this is me trying to regurgitate from the crappy filing system. That is my brain. (laughs) So low impedance headphones are for low output devices. Okay. Like the 32 ohm um, yeah. 770s for like uh, ideas for like a like your phone or for your you know stereo system or you know cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I understand. 80 ohm, the 80 ohm devices are for professional level devices that like our headphone system that can drive really hard. It, it has a ton of juice. Yeah, theoretically enough to kill somebody, which I think is hilarious and it always shocks the hell out of the students. Uh, are those the same ones that I was wearing that day that we forgot to turn down the? Yes, we did. I can believe it because I know, that I know, right? Actually, physically hurt when yeah. I put them on, and yeah, we played music, and you're like, "Good God, fuck!" Yeah, actually, your response was, "Ow!" <laughs> it was rip the things off my head. And right. say ow. Right. That was, but it was rip them off and hold them in the air far away from my face as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of throwing them. I'm sure most people would throw them, but so then audio geek in me is just saying no. The 250 ohm, the 250 ohm headphones. Yeah. Um as we realize we haven't killed you. The 250 ohm headphones. Um I understand that they're designed to chain together in a multiple headphone set where the combined circuit impedance is much lower. Okay. Right? So if you were to take if you were to take the 880 headphones and split them into two, um, I think there would be like 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 just just put a Y cable, for example. Yeah. Right? In theory, if I remember right, that's something like 64 ohms. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, each. Right. And so the so they can take more power, be drive driven less hard. That's not they 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 appear to be louder for the same amount of power. Right? But you don't want to do like you don't want to do that if if the eighty if the eighty ohm headphones are designed for one headphone to one amp, the two fifty 
the 250 ohm headphones are designed for multiple headphones to one amp. Mm. That's what I understand. So if you're if you're doing like you know a choral section where everybody needs to hear the music and you have 50 sets of headphones. That's ridiculous, but 20 sets of headphones. Yeah, 50 sets of headphones makes sense for those um, orchestras, like the large orchestras. But they generally don't. Um, they generally don't give everybody headphones, do they? Uh, like that would be a disa- that that would be a mess. I would I don't not want to think they do because they're recording live anyway. Yeah, I I, I would but think people do get headphones in those. Um, groups I've seen like some long lines and there can okay. be a lot of them still because I mean if you got a hundred people even if only 20 of them are getting headphones that's right, a lot of headphones like the, like the section lead of each one yeah yeah that makes sense um, yeah so that's that was did, does it make sense that that's what the purpose is for yeah all right I don't know if I have the math brain. right. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And I don't want to do the math to figure that out. Nor, nor do I. That's why I wanted to talk about it and see if you agreed. Because then I wouldn't have to do the math. I know my headphones aren't made for like iPads or anything like that. So like I always notice a difference when I actually go on a power amp and stuff like that. Right. They do sound different through... A system that actually has sufficient enough power to drive them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> than yeah. they do on my iPhone or something. Well, and and I always I always feel a significant a significant um, difference in volume when I plug my um, just like my Apple earbuds in to my phone or iPhone uh, iPad or whatever, um, and, then, and and then and then plug in my my Bayers that I carry around with me. Notice my shirts sound really quiet. And then Apple headphones, holy crap, those things appear to be loud mm. on the that's, same device. That's what I'm thinking is is the the um the Apple phone the Apple headphones, they're like a sixteen ohm device. Well, yeah, they're cheap. Uh, and the circuit is really bare bone basics for headphones wise. Mm. Whereas like my shirts, that's a I think dual driver headphone. So it's you only draw more power. Are you talking about the in ear? Yep. 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 Yeah. And then my AKGs, I I know that they suck up a lot of power. Right. Sweet. I've, I've I when I first got my AKGs, I did some tests between headphones and stuff, and like battery life is less with the AKGs in than really with other headphones. Yep. Because they need to draw that much power. To power themselves, right? So, oh yeah, okay. Well, see, it's not the 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 current output, the electricity output shouldn't be any different unless you're actually have the volume louder, right? Like that should. Well, be the, there is a volume difference because I can't power the kgs up to the ability that they can push the drivers. So, there's a. And the, like some of that has to do with the impedance, but yeah, the right. limitations of an iPad or iPhone don't power up the headphones as loud as they can be, which is fine because gotcha. at max volume with my headphones is 
plenty loud. I don't need any louder than that. I just need it loud enough that I can't hear the things around me when I'm walking around. Right. And do you achieve uh, achieve that most of the time? Yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. Cool. The only things that are loud enough to get through that are sirens. Or really loud trucks, which there's plenty of those in Alberta. Yes. And every time they cross me, I'm, I want to like just give the person a finger. <laughs> Why? Because I don't like loud vehicles. I don't like it when people straight pipe their bikes. I don't... Hmm. And like the typical Albertan with like their 16 inch rise, but has never been off a road. Truck nuts hanging from the <laughs> the back. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the most amazing truck accessory. Yeah. My truck has balls. Yeah. Awesome. It's. So, speaking of balls, this is a great perfect segue to move into Clearly. loudness. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about loudness. I really don't. Like I don't I don't really care about numbers. The only numbers I ever really care about is, is um, what I recently answered a question on a Facebook group about this. What was They're the question? Uh, what is everybody's um, average RMS? And I, I went super nerd and I went, oh, about, I average about negative 10 LUFS. <laughs> hey, so, so, um, I recently was, it was recently explained to me what LUFS actually is. Loudness unit, full scale. Right. But, but the actual, the actual def, definition, like, like the measurement definition. It is different than RMS. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do do you, do you remember what it is? Uh, man, you're asking something I looked up five years ago and then just never bothered to. Is it that old? I don't know. I looked it up when it first got introduced and then, you know, that was enough to make me go, okay, I'm switching over. Yeah. Because this is going to represent how loud my mix is a lot more accurately. And then I just haven't worried about it since. Well, so, um, Ian Shepard's podcast whatever I can't remember what it's called um, yeah yeah so oh excuse me oh and she's getting comfy curling up into a ball it's a good thing she's small because she actually fits in that corner so uh, so Ian Shepard went in into a into a um, explanation of the definition of and and and, and the, the he didn't go into the math so much but RMS is an electronic measurement yeah. of voltage, of average voltage going through the whatever, right? Yeah. And they they turn that representation into digital, which is fine. But LUFS is is that same electronic measurement relative to the Fletcher-Munson curve. Oh, right. So so it. It um, it's not indicative of like if you're driving really bass heavy music, and your low end is 15 decibels digital louder than your mid range. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to give you an LF LUFS number that is more indicative of the mid range than of the low end. 
So oh. your your actual value, your yeah. actual loudness value and is... And that would actually... That makes a lot of sense. I know, right? It it, it, it got me thinking about a lot of the a lot of the problems definitely have had over the years where guitar player, for example, probably the best example. I've had I've had three or four guitar players come in where the low end is monstrous and the mid-range is super quiet in comparison. Now of course most most of the time when I throw a microphone in front of it, you lose some of that really deep low end mm-hmm. because on a, on a guitar, you just don't care about it, right? It's useless wow. information in a mix. Anyway, so the meters would be pinned, but it would sound so quiet, yep. right? Because you have no information going through there. Exactly. All the low end is peaking your meters. Yeah. And and so so... LUFS, that's a, yeah, I'm, after listening to this podcast last week, I was just really excited about. Yeah, I, I knew it was a more accurate representation of how loud your mix was. Mm. Uh, and then that, in most cases, if you have a well-balanced mix, it's going to correspond to RMS fairly well. Right. But same time, though, I, I, that makes more sense. So then if you're cranking your 20 hertz to the point where an RMS meter says you're negative four. <laughs> right, and it still sounds like, man, this is really quiet. Why did I had a, uh, a, a call, actually it was a text message. It was a series of text messages from, uh, from a, a home studio guy yeah. that really smokes way too much weed. And okay. that's, that's why he has so many problems, but... Calls me up every once in a while to help him troubleshoot stuff because um, he's a Cubase user as well. Mm-hmm. He uses Cubase and Reason. Okay, uh, makes some cool stuff, but smokes too much weed. Calls me up a few weeks ago with that exact problem. He doesn't understand why his uh, mix doesn't sound loud compared to a mix he did the year before, where that one sounds really loud, really you know, really aggressive. But this one, the meter says it's the same. But doesn't it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound as loud, and he doesn't understand why. It's because you put too much low end. Yeah, yeah. And well, and, and by the time your meters are pinned, he recently do. he recently went through a big overhaul of his of his mix gear. Um, his, I think he changed his monitors. He definitely changed his uh, his controller, like his monitor controller, and his he changed his converters. He just uh, he just upgraded to Apogee converters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, there's something else he changed. His mix room sucks anyway. Um, but, uh, that's all I, right. I, I, My mix room probably sucks too. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any treatment, so. Nothing? Well, I mean, there's a couch behind me. Right. So, I mean, that's a little bit of, of absorption. There's like bookshelves around, so a little bit of diffusion, but. Whether or not it's targeting a range that, well, it's obviously going to affect my hearing, but in a good way, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I I got plenty of clients that have been happy with the work I've done in that room. Well, and books and bookshelves are supposed to be fantastic for for acoustic treatment, right? Specifically the books on the bookshelves. but Yeah, sure, but I mean... 
if it's not targeting a range that I have a problem at. Yeah, that's fair. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about today, um, and I, I don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to give it a shot. What is loud? And I don't want to talk about loudness. Um, you know, I, we don't necessarily need to talk about dynamic range and, you know, um, how loud your RMS is compared to digital zero, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care about those kind of things. No. Every time people ask me for RMS values, I always just, oh, you mean maybe loud LUs? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't use RMS. RMS is stupid. Yeah. And now I got more evidence to support that idea. Right. So now that I've been reminded of what <laughs> what what it actually is, right? Yeah. Um, so the thing that I wanted to that I wanted to go into um, was specifically the impact that loud has on our listening experience, in both just as a listener and as uh, an audio professional that has to deal with loud. Right. Right, and it has to deal with different volume levels, mm-hmm. and I think I think that's the that's the thing I want to talk about the most is volume levels, excuse me, and how they impact our hearing. Okay, we could get into the Fletcher Munson curve and talk about that, uh, but um, I don't really use the Fletcher Munson curve that much for that kind of stuff, though. I acknowledge it. But well, it, yeah, I acknowledge you know, I mean, it, but I. Uh, it's one of those things you learn in school and then like out of school in a professional setting, uh, it's rarely used. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest use I have for the Fletcher Munson curve is to remind me that I should be mixing at 85 decibels. I don't even mix that loud. That loud seems like fairly loud to I f- me. I find, I, I do find that I, I do find 85 sounds really loud to me. Um, when I start mixing, but by the time I'm by the time I'm done, my urge to turn things up is always uh, quite significant, and so I I just make sure I try to stay right there. I go to eighty five when I'm tr- working on low end. So at the beginning, I might turn up to eighty five so that I can actually hear the bass, right? Um, what's going on down there? But afterwards, like if I have the bass all set up, I don't. I'm fairly confident that it's not a problem anymore. I I go down as low as like uh, fifty five, sixty. Okay, and then I can do the rest at that volume. See, no and, problem. And, and for me, I have I have trouble in this room hearing the mid range if I don't if I don't turn it up right. Yeah. Um, cause I, we have so much absorption in here. I probably average at 65, 70 though. Majority of the time. That's fair. If I was to actually measure when I'm actually listening, but. So what, um, <clears throat> what is, what, what advantage do you feel you have by, by mixing at a quieter level? Uh, less fatigue over time. You don't feel like. You don't feel I, like there's. I feel there's like a my ears are less fatigued, and I can work for longer. Okay. Whereas if I'm working at 85, I feel like I can do five, six hours, and then after that, it's I I can start to feel the fatigue. 
Right. At 90, it's like I got two hours and I, I <laughs> right. know my ears are fatigued. Yeah. And I mean, there are times where you have to do 90, but yeah, I, I limit as much as I can to 90. Yeah, I mean, also less ear damage too. Because even if you're not like super loud, you're going to get ear damage from all sounds around you. Fair, I guess. So if you're listening at 80 all the time, you are getting some ear damage as a result. Whereas listening to quieter volumes, it's going to be less so. Probably like very minusculely. <laughs> like it's probably such a small amount that it doesn't really matter, but I don't know. Maybe that small amount will give me an extra year over time. Uh, you should list. Have you listened to Bobby Yosinski's podcast this morning? No. He talks about a uh, study out of Ryerson University where they're using they're using um, music and music exercises to res- not fully restore hearing, but to improve hearing loss somewhat. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested to to find out more about it. But I mean, Bobby only talks about it for a few minutes. But well, I feel like I'm pretty good at maintaining my my hearing. Well, and every time I go to Southgate, I swear at that freaking door. Why? Uh, there's a door at Southgate Mall yeah. that where they play a high pitched freaking noise to scare off the birds and and oh, what yeah. have you. And every time I pass it. And it, it's usually I forget that it's there, and then I hear it, and I'm just, oh. And it's like <laughs> such a piercing sound, and I hear it, but nobody around me hears it, and I'm, I physically like, right. get discomforted by it because I can hear it. So I'm doing a good job at maintaining my hearing because apparently the only people who are supposed to hear that are supposed to be under the age of 15, 15, 16. Because it's also supposed to deter kids from loitering around the entrance. <laughs> That's fair. But I can hear it, and I'm like, I'm going to be turning 30 later this year. So Happy birthday. Um, well, still months away. <laughs> Until next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, what? just from a listening perspective, what is the advantage of having things louder. Well, you can hear more bass if that's what you're going for. If that's... Like more detail in the bass, I should say. Okay. Because like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like you could still hear the bass at a lower volume, but when it's at a higher volume, you can hear if there's any mud going down there. Okay. And that'll allow you to fix it if you need to. See, and, 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 and I, I feel the exact same thing about the mid-range. I hear far more detail in the mid range at louder volumes than I do. Well, I mean, and I don't, I don't notice as much at, difference in the low end at 80 SPL. Like that, it should be you get the maximum amount of detail as well as workability at that volume level. It's just it's too loud for me, and so I, yeah. I, I back down to about 65, 70. It's interesting. I how, feel like that's a good balance for me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and most of the work 
I've done here over the years, it, well, it's only been in the last year and a half, I think, that I've been turning things up. I've been just like you, mixing at quieter volumes, um, making my mix sound awesome at quieter volumes. But I've also, it's also been exposed to me that a lot of the mixes that I released back then, and some now, um, were just overwhelming, overwhelmingly mid rangey. Hmm. Specifically in the 2K range and the 500 range. And that's, that's one of the big reasons why I've had to turn things up so that I can hear that detail more. Yeah. Or hear more of that detail. But I, I, think, what I, was, I think what I was going at is um, from a listener perspective, louder music, louder music feels like it has more energy. Maybe. Right? Well, it, it, it depends on how you want to define louder music though. I'm just talking about, I'm, I'm just talking specifically in this case, I'm talking about taking your stereo and turning it up, taking your headphones and turning them up. The, 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 the mix itself doesn't change, but the volume, the, the listening level, the mix itself should make you want to turn it up. I know, I know, but uh, and then you have the maximum amount of power. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to drag this to a listener's perspective, not a, well, not I know. a production perspective. I know. I'm just tired or something. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're combative. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about loud. <laughs> no, it's just it's a weird, weird thing on like a audio nerd kind of podcast because loud is to be defined differently depending so on how many you look different at ways it. i know and i and 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 I, I specifically specifically the things i want to talk about are listening levels like from a listener's perspective but also from a from a production perspective you know like well, turning up your speakers so that something sounds louder has a certain effect right yeah and i mean we have as audio geeks known that to the point where we destroyed our music because we're trying to get it louder. We're trying to get it so that the listeners can hear it louder. But that's, but that's the, that's, that's the differentiation between, um, between a listening volume and a production volume, right? Like production loudness. It's fucking loud. (laughs) Yeah. it, It can be really loud. Andrew Shep's already won the loudness war. We don't need to compete anymore, right? Yeah, I think he... Oh, man. I can't remember what the LUFS was on that record, but it was stupid. The um, the measured dynamic range on that record was minus three decibels. I wonder what the LU average was. Yeah. Could they, they, it couldn't I, have been much different because they would have had to sacrifice a lot of low end to get that, to get that volume. Well, I'm, I'm just... I'm thinking if I remember hearing correctly, it might have been something ridiculous like negative four LUFS was their average across the record. And that was nine years ago. Yeah. That is too loud in today's standards. I don't know, man. Although today's standards have been going down. I still get I still get a lot of masters back that are minus six. 
and, and I have to and I have to ask for more dynamic range. I have to, I have to ask for not as loud. Yeah. But again, well, that's a, that's yeah. a production thing, and, and and a listener can easily turn that down and turn that up, and yep. they do for the most part. Yeah. Right. But. Yeah. And I guess where I want to where I want to take this is one of the one of the reasons I used to mix super quiet didn't have to do with ear fatigue because I didn't really know what that was mm-hmm. in my early days. Okay. I, I really didn't. I, I was used to working live where everything's so stupid loud. You're in, the entire time you're trying to reduce the, reduce the shittiness of the loud, <laughs> you know, loud guitar amp, loud bass amp, loud snare drums. Well, live music is definitely different than studio music. Right. Studio music, you're trying to get detail. Live music, you just... It's trying to keep up. Yeah. It's just sound reinforcement. You're trying to get it so that, you know, the people who are performing aren't, at the end of the night, going to say mean things about you. Essentially. Graham Cadell, <clears throat> um, touring... Do you know Graham? Uh, he's a he's a touring, um, touring live sound guy based out of Edmonton. Um, and he teaches... I think he might teach full time now at Grant McEwen as well, the uh, um, live sound portion of it. Anyway, okay, great guy, wonderful, so much patience and easygoing until you piss him off. <laughs> but he once told me that it was the role of the live sound tech to make the band forget about them. Yeah, if he he used to think it the greatest compliment if the band forgot to thank him at the end of the night. And and the biggest insult if the band remembered to thank him at the end of the night. Really? Yeah, I, I mean, like he he was he was probably being dramatic. Yeah, that, right. That, that but, seems pretty dramatic because I mean, I've gotten the whole "we're going out of our way to thank you" and here's an additional amount of money before. Right. Right. Which is a thing that's like unheard of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? But that's U of A. That hired me for that yeah that was a good gig that was a good gig too bad you couldn't make that a regular thing too bad yeah it was just a going away party so it's just uh, like, there you go. i knew it was a one-time thing Fair and much. it was an emergency too because like i got called that morning by yeah, long can you McQuaid. Make, can you make this happen <laughs> well it was somebody at long McQuaid called me and it was just like hey you mind if we gave your information to somebody i was like not at all and then they called me like i think 20 minutes later Nice. Asked me how much it would be, and it's just like, well, I don't normally do live sound, so you know, hundred bucks, I'll do it. Right. You got the gear, so I mean, for me to sit behind a board, it's just kind of monkey work, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they gave me an extra hundred fifty bucks at the end of the night. So where I wanted to take this, where I wanted to take this loud thing, is the oh dear, another another device going off. That's um, our alarm. Mm. Time to get up, even though she's sleeping. So where I wanted to take this this loud thing, this volume thing, yeah. is how easy it, volume changes the perception of the feel of the mix. Right? Like, it does. Those of us those of us that know or that have discovered it, we know that if you can make a mix sound awesome at low volumes, it's going to sound amazing at loud volumes. But I've certainly been a victim of music that I've fallen in love with in the 
in the car mm-hmm. in my truck because I almost always play music really loud in the truck. I absolutely love, but only there. And it, it took me years as a, as a kid in my 20s or whatever to figure out that the reason I only loved it in the truck was because it was loud. But otherwise, it was a pretty dull song. It was a pretty dull mix. Huh. And that's something that's... I don't think I ever had that really? issue growing up. Because I listened on my Discman a lot until I got like those uh, MP3 players and then I got an iPod. Yeah, an iPod. But I was... Now I use my iPad. See, I... I maybe I'm unique in this, but I've, I've never really been a background music kind of guy. Uh, nor am I. Right. But. Well, but because of that, if I'm, if I'm not actively involved in the music, either through production um, or through singing along, shit, air guitaring, whatever, somewhere, somewhere where I'm, I'm an active participant in the musical experience. If I'm not that active participant, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really want it on. I would rather silence than just music playing in the background that I'm ignoring. Right. Right. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why I never noticed, you know, a, a not as interesting song, Quiet, can be a really interesting song if you crank the volume and sing along at the top of your lungs. You know? And and one of my favorite songs from 2005 was that exact thing. I would I, I would turn it up in the truck, I would sing along at the top of my lungs, and I would love it. But I never wanted to listen to it in the apartment. Because hmm. I don't, you know, you can't turn music up all that loud in the apartment. So I would, I would, I would put it on, start listening to the song. And be like, I'm just not in the mood, I guess. Put it away, put on something else. Mm. You know? And that something else is usually something that's a lot more, a lot more interesting of a mix, a lot more interesting of a, of an arrangement, a lot more interesting of a, of a something. Right. But okay. because that other song that I think I love, I clearly only love for the volume. It takes on that that extra excitement just because it's loud. Yeah. Right. No. Now that you explained it, or yeah, explained it a little bit better. I, I've had those <laughs> moments. <laughs> I should keep that bit. Now that you've explained it a little better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's that's something that is really easy for us to for us to forget in the studio last night. Um, this is kind of where, this is kind of where this started. Um, I had, uh, Jeff Hicks in here to record on two different projects. I haven't been able to get him in here for months and I, and I have, I have clients that want him on their sessions. Finally able to get him in last night. So we did, excuse me, we did two different sessions, two different clients, right? One of them, one of them was a super chill, um, kind of like seventies Beatles ish, I guess. Was their their last record came out in the seventies, right? In in nineteen seventy. 
I think so. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was like late era Beatles kind of song. And my buddy Leighton was here. He would tell you. He'd probably tell you the month <laughs> of the year. Yeah. It came out in February in the UK, and it came out in March in the US, and it came out in June in Canada. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so so really chill. Uh, but the other project, the other project had moments where the drums needed to be really aggressive and really loud. And one of the things I always, I always struggle with in drums is identifying a drummer that is translating the aggressive energy through the drums into a quiet mixing and quiet listening environment. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy for me to hear a shitty drummer. Well, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a lot harder for that drummer to go, to go from feeling really aggressive to just like, or from looking really aggressive. Like he's clearly beating the snot out of the drums. Yeah. But then also hearing that through the speakers. Well, more often than not, like you don't need to actually beat the shit out of your gear. I think drums as a drummer. Do. I, think no. you, I don't think so. In order to get an aggressive sound, like sure you have to hit it hard, but you don't right. have to. Like the thing that a lot of uh, newer, somewhat intermediate drummers get in a trap of is just wailing the shit out of their gear. Yeah, but that's, uh, which I mean, I I, I guess it, it's difficult for me to explain exactly what I'm talking about. But like, there are drummers who are playing too hard and improperly. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I guess if, if as if, opposed to I don't know your Dave Grohl, who is still going to hit the drums really hard, but he's hitting it in a way that he's getting that that tone and aggression out. But he's still really like he's still hitting really heavy. Oh yeah, he's hitting heavy, but right. he, and chances are, like the way he's hitting it too, allows him to hit that heavy without actually cracking the symbol or something like that. Right? Which okay, I so, so he still cracks a shit ton of symbols. But. So, so, so that, that's more that's more of a technique thing. Yeah. Right. And and I'm I'm and, and I, I think that's more or less what I'm trying to say is like there are a lot of drummers out there that try to do the hard hitting thing but right. don't know how to do it properly. Like I, I would say, majority of drummers who hit hard probably don't do it properly, and that's fair. Because mm-hmm. the I don't know, majority of drummers aren't very good. I've recorded plenty of drummers where like they have five different cymbals, and every cymbal sounds different except for when they play it, because they're playing it so damn hard that every one just sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it has no tone. Yeah, 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 and totally fair. Um, but Instead there's, of, you know, there's bang, still that, bang, bang. there's still that translatability. Like you go into the room, you can hear, you can hear, you can hear easily how hard the drummer's hitting. Yeah. Let's assume for the sake of this argument that he has good technique. Sure. Okay. So you can hear how hard he's hitting. He's hitting heavy. He's getting good tone out of the, out of all the shells. He, uh, getting actual tone out of the, out of the cymbals. Walk into the control room, listen to that same performance, and it's it's much it's a much bigger challenge to translate that energy 
because you don't have volume helping the energy, the, the feel of the energy, it's a much bigger challenge to translate that, right? And turn, oh, yeah. turn the volume. Okay. Yeah, that's a, a, a fair statement to make. Right. Um, and, and, and the biggest part of that is I, 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 I sometimes lose perspective of that. It's one of the easiest things for me to lose perspective in the studio is the relative volume of the performance. Um, and in the case of drums, it's hard to, it's hard to communicate emotion, but there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, there's a fine line between a shitty drummer and a good drummer, but so much of, I'm trying to make a point here and I think I'm going in the wrong direction. Yes. Okay. You should save that one too. You should save that one too. Yeah. <laughs> one of these days you should see my list of anyway. So let me take that in a different direction. A singer can sing really loud and really aggressively, but be completely devoid of useful emotion yeah. in the song. Right. Yep. And I, I often, I often get lost in that difference okay. when I'm in here listening, because I, usually when I'm usually when I'm tracking, I'm, I'm running through a compressor, I'm running through a little bit of EQ, yep. and I'm really happy with the sounds that I'm getting. But I'm listening at a quieter volume. I'm not listening to the singer in the room scream at the top of their lungs yep. or sing as loud as they can. Yep thinking that that's how they get emotion. That's not. And the best is the singer who uh, sings louder thinking that they're going to get a higher pitch out of it. Those are great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love compressors. I really, really... <sighs> this is why I love VCAs. Straight up VCA to control a singer where you're just trying to control their crappiness. <laughs> you know, the ones who have no dynamic control whatsoever. Oh yeah, those guys are great. Yeah. So, fuck am I going with this? I don't know. I, uh, you know what? Let me go back to my notes. Yeah, I have no idea. My notes don't make any, any sense to me now. <laughs> Too early in the morning, I guess. <laughs> it, it, it's possible, you know. Four hours of sleep will do that to you. He'll do it to some. I some of us, yeah. I, I I can function off four hours. Well, yesterday was a 16-hour day for me, too. Okay, that could do it. I had a... And, and you know what? No excuse, because I haven't done a 16-hour day in, in a long time. Uh, so I, I should have the should have the recoverability... <laughs> you Whatever. know, 16 hours followed by four hours of sleep is still in, 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 in the heat because the, uh, we couldn't turn on any fans because there was no power. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was in an air conditioned building all day long yesterday. So I didn't even notice the heat except for like the few times that I went outside <laughs> for like a minute. And then I was like, forget this. I'm going back in. Right. So yesterday afternoon, the sun hit 
hits the uh, every afternoon the sun hits the front wall yeah. of the studio and the air conditioning comes down and you can feel it coming down but it just doesn't cycle enough because of the like the heat coming in off the windows coming in off the wall is still quite a lot however yesterday it was super hot right yeah. super hot outside so um, hot that we had uh thunderstorms at night yeah i love I loved that thunderstorm. It was awesome. Like those clouds looked so scary and crazy. I was hoping it would have rained harder than it did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just like a drizzle. Yeah. That's fair. Usually when it's a super hot day like that, it really rains. Mm. Which is nice. So it starts to get warm in the control room here pretty quickly. Yeah, just because there's the electronics on and the the console is hot and bodies are hot and it's a good thing the power amp for the console isn't in the room because I imagine those things put off a lot. Oh, of dude, heat. that's like it's like standing in front of a front in front of a little heater with a fan. It really is, huh? So, so anytime that we would start to get a little warm in here, especially late afternoon, early evening. We just take two minutes, go stand outside, and we come back in, and the perceived heat of the control room wasn't hot anymore. Nice and cool. <laughs> just go outside. Oh, yeah. it isn't as hot as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so back to the whole loud thing, yep. the whole volume thing. There is certainly a time and place. I mean, a shitty song can be made cooler by being loud. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it can it can be... F- In the right it, circumstances, yes. But it, if it's like a shitty song and the mix is shitty, making it loud is just going to make it loud. But that's the, that's the thing. From a listener's perspective, they don't know a shitty... They, they don't really know a shitty mix from a... I mean, it might be perceived as like a better sounding version of the song. If they heard the quiet version versus the louder version, they might perceive it as sounding better, but it'll probably still sound just as bad. Yeah, you're not wrong. But that's that's coming from an educated perspective, right? Like yeah. you, you hear things. It's very difficult and, to not think of like that, though. <laughs> yeah, totally fair, totally fair. But at the same time, you know, most most people will fall into that trap. Right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've, I've had people make me master their shitty songs, so. <laughs> And shitty mixes, and every yeah. time I'd be like, "Can you how do lo- this?" How loud do you master at? Uh, I try to average at negative ten LUFS, and depending on the dynamic range the mixer gave me, it might bounce a bit. Like my own personal mixes that I master, like my LU meter can go as low as negative twenty four LUFS, and as high okay. as negative six. Although if I hit negative six on, uh, um, it's not there for long. It's like maybe there for a little bit, and then it'll hover at like negative ten. Right. But then it'll bounce up there, maybe every now and again. Like there might be a loud hit, and it'll bounce to negative six LU. A tr- 
I try to make negative six my peak gotcha. loudness. Um, and that's for the uh, medium meter, fast meter. I don't even watch because that's kind of not that useful. Oh, you're talking like the like the LUFS history meters. Yeah, there's certain yeah. meters you can get, and the one I typically use has a fast meter, a medium meter, and the medium meter uh, has similar settings as like a VU meter has. Oh yeah. Um, and then there's a slow meter, which a thing moves super slow, and it, it kind of <laughs> gives you an idea as to, on average, for the entire song, how loud is this. Right. So, you know, and I don't really pay attention to that number unless I know the song was like super loud the entire time. Right. Then I'll look at the slow meter and be like, has it, is, has it peaked above my Whatever, threshold yeah. of like negative 10? If it's gone higher, like if it, if it shows me that it's above negative 10, then I know that there's, Probably somewhere where I have to turn down a bit. Gotcha. Um, what's your... I still get asked to turn it down at that volume level. Really? Yep. Like they ask you to turn the volume. Of I've the had artists down? ask me to master at a lower volume. Interesting. Yep. Um, what do you feel is like? Is it as simple as you just turn the turn the master output? I down? just turn down the limiter. Uh, all right. Typically, like give it less threshold or something. Right. Okay. And then turn it down by two or three dB LUFS. If that's still too loud for them, then I'll probably do another pass and hover at negative 14. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't. I w- do they make any other comments other than turn it down well they might ask for more dynamic range but more often than not when they ask for more dynamic range it's a song that has no dynamic range so I don't think they understand what dynamic range means and so I translate that to (laughs) it is too loud that's super weird and I mean a lot of these guys also because I work with people who are hobbyists I guess Maybe didn't go to school, or if right. maybe just started going to school. So, like they've they had textbooks saying, "Oh, look at this number," and so they might be looking at my masters and looking at the numbers and seeing that they're too high. Right, and so I I, I would then fix that. Gotcha for them. I mean, whatever. If they want, if they want me to master at like negative twenty four dB, um. LUFS, like I think that's the movie one, the broadcasting limit for television stuff. Okay. Like if uh, they want me to yeah. do that, they can, but it's going to be quiet in comparison to everything else that's out there. Right. Whereas negative 10 is kind of the average. Okay. I find. At least for like heavy stuff, negative 10, I would say, is the average. If you're doing more soft kind of rock, negative fourteen, see, or negative twelve, I, I'll I'm gonna have to reanalyze this um, to LUFS because I've never really used it before. So all of my all of my um, my measurements I go off of 
RMS? Probably RMS, yeah. The great thing about LUFS is it's very similar to RMS. Yeah. Like the numbers are often can, can translate close, yeah. uh, close to each other, especially with good mixes that are pretty balanced. Right. It, it will translate one for one almost. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just the occasional one where it's like, this is clearly not loud enough. An RMS says I'm at negative four. But LUFS would say you're way low. Gotcha. But of course, with that kind of mix, it's usually like you have way too much bottom end and you need to get rid of that. Yeah, bottom end that you can't even hear. Yeah. That's always the biggest that's always the biggest thing, right? Well, I even had a conversation with my coworkers, I think, yesterday, because we were talking about subs and stuff and somebody mentioned oh i want a sub that goes from 20 hertz to 100 hertz and i, and I just like was like I, I don't see the need to go even that low <laughs> like realistically what they're asking for is if the company was to make it, it they would probably advertise it as negative or they would probably advertise it as going down as low as 15 hertz i and as high as like 150 hertz or something like that because they always count as much possible sound as possible <laughs> instead of where the crossover points are. Right. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. I want to rant on crossover crossovers again, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the point is, is in the conversation, I was just like, why would you ever need to hear 20 hertz? It doesn't sound attractive. The lowest useful hurt I've ever used is like 45. Below that, it's just like droning noise. Yeah. And if you want like your low end to actually thump, getting rid of that is a good way to do that. Clean up all that, yeah. Yeah. But that that's I don't know how it was when you were a teen, but that was the big thing for kids kids that were getting cars in school mm-hmm. and putting in their first sub into their car. That I've, was the that was the big thing I was friends that did that. You know? Like listen to this C D like they would throw in a CD that is a thirty hertz tone. Or a 20 hertz tone. I remember even one claiming that he had a 10 hertz tone. No, you don't. You can't hear it. Yeah, right? You can feel it, sure, if you have enough volume. But, and, and, but that was all they cared about. They didn't care about what it sounded like. They only cared that they could feel it. Yeah. It was like, oh man, you feel that? That's awesome. Yeah. None of that no, stuff seems It's not awesome. No. That's hearing loss. Huh. If you can't hear down that low anyway, are you really hear, losing anything? I've, I've, I've had the occasional tinnitus uh, peak that was like a low droning noise. Yeah, but it's not going to be 10 hertz. No. Yeah. Your brain wouldn't make that. Your brain would probably be like, that's useless. <laughs> you yeah. don't need that. But yeah. I've probably had a, a tinnitus drone that was like 50 hertz. Really? Yeah. Oh man! It was at a really bass-heavy show, and that was with earplugs in. So, like, I 
can't imagine what everybody else without earphones or earplugs. Well, let's end the show now before Joey goes deaf, and uh, we'll then see you Follow all next our time. hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.